Okay, welcome, welcome to uh, Pedagogy Matters podcast. I'm, I'm joined today by Mark Stoodle. Mark, welcome. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. Thanks for having me. Well, what would be great is if you don't mind just giving a brief introduction as to who you are, what you do, what your background is and experience and so on and so forth. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, no problem. Um, I probably feel like I've, I've kind of lived a dual career as such in, um, in, in kind of education, you know, in the further education sector. Um, and, you, you know, more recently, higher education in, in a further education setting, so college-based higher education. Uh, and at the same time, I've kind of um, had like a parallel career in um, sports coaching, specifically basketball coaching, um, kind of working from, from grassroots level uh, all the way through to kind of international um, elite as such, working, you know, culminating currently with working with the Great Britain senior men's national team. Uh, my current role in education is I'm a curriculum leader uh, in sport and uniform public services, um, specifically in higher education. But like I say, that kind of started off, you know, you know, four or five years uh, overseeing kind of further education, a range of different different sports courses, predominantly with a coaching, sports science, sports development. No, that's fantastic. Thanks, Mark. And I guess for listeners, it's really useful for them to know that obviously we've worked together over the last 10 to 12 years. And I think without trying to blow your trumpet here, a big part of your work and where you've had such an impact both in the classroom and on, on the basketball court is really relationships that you've built with your peers, with your players, with your participants. And I from the outside looking in, that's been fundamental. And that's really the focus of, of this, this episode of the podcast is focusing on effective relationships with students, with staff, with peers, but with the, the greater focus of remote delivery. You know, for the last 10 months, it's been a very, um, we use the word t- discombobulating actually, very discombobulating <laughs> in terms of it, it's thrown everything that we know up in the air, but actually the fundamentals are absolutely still there. I'm not sure that's been the same for you, from your experience, Mark, as well. I think that's, I think you've kind of touched on it, Johnny, and you know, you and I have, have, have discussed this professionally, you know, and and I would say in the best possible way, like within our relationship, you know, challenged each other at times with this, Absolutely. you know, with, with like the lens in which we see things through and, you know, different kind of traits uh, in how people have have a perspective, you know, so empathy and, you know, different emotions that underpin it. And I, I do I do pride myself on, on relationships. And, you know, I think sometimes you talk about that in different forums and it kind of holds yourself accountable to it. You know, in team meetings, for example, it's something that I do talk about because, it, it, as you've said, it is absolutely critical and it underpins, you know, what we do within teaching and learning. It underpins that. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the, 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 the latter part of your question about it being remote, um, I do think that it is absolutely critical, you know, in the world that we're living in now, how you and I are conducting this via via a, a computer screen. I think that it is still fundamental to getting success for you know for a range of different stakeholders, you know, you know, tutors, learners, um, working, you know, working with peers, you know, working as part of a of a team with of, of teaching colleagues, you know, reporting up to 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 line managers. And, and senior leadership teams, you know, relationships for me, it, it, it underpins everything. Yeah. No, fantastic. I think, obviously, when preparing for this and in conversations that we've had, again, and, and this has been a thought of mine over the last 10 months, it's often something that's underappreciated, you know, from a teaching perspective, the relationships that you have, 
um, with learners and with your peers. I guess we take it for granted. And if anything, the last 10 months has really highlighted things that as individuals, as a sector, we take for granted. And I think the, the key element is relationships. I remember many, many years ago, there was a, a great TED talk by the late Sir Ken Robinson. Mm-hmm. And he said, the heart of education is a relationship between teachers and learners. That's what it's about. And everything else that we do we should be focused on making that the best relationship possible. And there's never been, a, I'm going to say, a truer sentence than that right now, because yeah. everything that everybody has known, teachers, students, parents, colleagues, parents, colleagues, has gone or has changed and is a different forum. And as you're saying there, we're doing this over a Microsoft Teams call. Um, and it's like we've never not not seen each other, if that makes sense. You know, so I think it's really, really important that that, that this is a key point for, for teachers and, and students to to focus on, to develop and to continue to improve. And, and to talk to that, Johnny, um, the we as a you know obviously i'm based in 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 english education and and you know at the minute we're talking a lot about knowledge skills behaviors and and you know one of the key words that we always talk about is resilience and how we develop resilience in in our learners i i definitely think it's underappreciated on how we develop relationships within staff Mm -hmm. you know and it's something that i know for a fact within you know i've got line management responsibility for uh, you know, probably eight uh, uh, lecturing staff, and it's something that I discuss with them, <laughs> relationships, and it, and it's I'm always conscious, you know, it because I've done things a certain way doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way. It means what I yeah. think is effective for me at that time, and it might not be effective for a different person who sees things differently and they've got you know different skills. But we always talk about. I think it's easy for a, for a lecturer, for a teaching member of staff, to talk you know, in my discipline in sports coaching, relationships and communication is everything. So it's easy for me as the the perceived person of authority to talk to my students about relationships, where it becomes more challenging is development of staff within that. And it's kind of a given where or you're, we're in a business of, of teaching and learning, therefore you must be able to generate effective relationships. And But I, I absolutely agree. I think it's so pertinent that it's an under underappreciated and it maybe uh, you know it needs to have more purposeful planning on how we can develop the ability to develop relationships within our staff i think that is so that's so critical no i think that's really important Mark. it's really interesting there as well i think one of the first parts we're going to talk about is what are the fundamentals of effective relationships you know i think and there's different layers there and different tiers whether that be manager at lecturer lecturer at lecturer lecturer at the student and student to student you know there's, there's different tiers there but i think across all of those different tiers there are some core fundamentals so i guess what what are your thoughts around that or, or kind of what are your beliefs both in the sports context as well as the education context of the fundamentals of those effective relationships yeah and i think it, it, it i would probably um you know start and start the the answer to that by saying i guess some of you know th- these are my thoughts on what i found to, to be effective you know and and everyone talks about kind of being a reflective practitioner and i think it's important to say that there's you know there's absolutely relationships that i've got wrong yeah, absolutely you know in a professional setting and i think it they're probably the ones that i've learned from the most if that makes sense i think yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know this is i guess my experiential learning from a range of different working with teachers uh you know i've worked as a you and i worked together as you know i was a teaching and learning coach where i'm working with other 
um, other staff on, you know, improving their pedagogy. So, so yeah, I, I think there are principles of it and there's definitely some fundamentals. And, and the, the one thing that I would say is about trying to get a connector, you know, trying to get a connection with a person. And it's, I don't want this to, to counteract one of my other areas, which is about being authentic and being honest, because yep. the reality is in a professional setting, there has to be some type of professional respect and a professional buy-in, yep. you know, because the reality is, I think most people, you know, I always used to pick a figure out of the air of, you know, if I was working with a range of colleagues, you know, 75% of them wanted to buy in. That was just my experience and 25% wouldn't. And the ones who wouldn't, it took a lot of time and effort just to try and have general kind of pleasantries. Hey, how are you? How's your day going? Hey, how, you, know, you know, these type of, these little kind of um, honest things. So I think ha having a connector with somebody and, you know, where, where we're working in um, an education setting, for me, I would try and make that to be about teaching and learning, you know, because I think we needed to talk about that more in my, in my sports kind of background. You know, the connector is is basketball. So it's it's kind of just building, you know, general relationships and I guess having some um, the, the art of questioning, the art of listening. You know, I think when you're establishing a relationship in the in the infancy, you know, a, a question and listening to the answer is so um it is so important uh, you know a specific example would be if i was a teaching and learning coach and i was working with a member of staff who had either self-referred to me which you know to be honest didn't happen very often yeah. or it was you know there's been a process that's led them to to kind of working with me as a teaching and learning coach straight away they've probably got some perceptions and and some barriers up so you know getting those barriers down at times can just be you know can just be asking purposeful questions yeah. and the art of listening and, and, and responding um no i think so, that's a really important point so i think there's two elements which really underpin that which are interlinked in terms of the first one you said is being authentic you know absolutely and i think in this current climate the current situation you know obviously this we absolutely need to or must adhere to professional boundaries but it's about being authentic about yeah it is tough and that acknowledgement first and foremost is tough and then second point for me really is, is around trust and building that trust with your learners. And, and I'm a big, by accident, I naturally develop a lot of catchphrases. And the one that's really pertinent right now is know your learners. Nobody knows your learners better than you as a teacher or as a lecturer. And that's the key bit there, as Mark was saying, I think in terms of how do you build that connection? How do you be authentic? How do you build that trust? And that's really the kind of the, the fundamental starting blocks or, or, or building blocks for effective relationships, I would say. I'm not sure what your thoughts on there on, on that, Mark, as well. I agree. You, you know, in the words that I've kind of touched on some, I think that I absolutely agree, you know, with with those, um, yeah, those thoughts. And I think, you know, like you say, the catchphrase and stuff, that trust, for me, trust is built through consistency. Yeah. That there's, there's, there's not a truer word. You know, everybody wants trust in every environment, but we want people who are going to do what they say they're going to do, which therefore builds trust, which therefore empowers the relationship. And it, it could be something as, as minor that you see as, as the teacher, as the lecturer, as the sports coach. But, you know, if a learner has, has you know, said something to you about, uh, they've asked you a question and, you know, something as simple as, you know what it is? I don't know the answer now. Yeah. Because I also think that we have to be comfortable in the uncomfortable you know, I like I, that one. yeah, I think that's, that's really relevant. 
because absolutely, it, mate. I, and sorry, sorry, but just in, in this in this world that we're in, you, you know, we've had to switch the our our teaching and learning, which we've studied and we've researched for years in face to face, you know, online. So, you know, there might be a, a technical question, there might be a vocational question, there might be like a pastoral question. And, you know, I always say to the staff, if you don't know the answer, take a pause for a second and just, you know what it is right now, it, I, I will get back to you, but then make sure you get back to them because that, that's where you're going to build the trust through saying, you know, doing what you say you're going to do. You're being consistent and it's OK to be, you know, to be uncomfortable and you've got to get used to that at times. And I think from my experience, that's a big shift for some teachers. And, and what I mean, that's not meant to be a criticism, but obviously and me myself as a teacher i like to be organized like to be planned i like to be quite meticulous and then all of a sudden it's like pulling the, the cart from another feet of a teacher of you now in the unknown and actually your students may know more about something than you do or, or they're leading the way and that's okay and that's okay but and that yeah there's some really really interesting points right now to kind of really reflect on as lecturers because it is all very different but we can't be the experts in everything but those fundamentals there help actually develop those relationships moving forward. And, and, and to, the, to that point, Johnny, just be like, you're right. It does seem, you, you know, this is not mean to cause offence to anybody. You know, if anyone yeah, yeah. listens to this and the 30 years into a teaching career or the one year into it, but, you know, you've alluded to it there, like the teaching um, with a teaching example, it's the same thing in, in my world in sports where you've got an, a, a typical and I'm going to be stereotypical here, but an old school coach or an old school manager that has all of the perceived power therefore I am this fountain of knowledge it's up to me I will give you this knowledge and therefore I've got the power dynamic you know what what in 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 my specialism in coaching you know there's definitely a shift now about kind of athlete centered coaching okay. so you know they they've got kind of the um uh, a lot more influence and a lot more input to shape that. And it's the same in teaching and learning. You, you know, you and I have spoke at length about whether the terminology is right, but we've seen teachers that are working really hard, that yeah. are stood in front of a group for seven hours a day and are just consistently kind of um, talking at learners. And and it's not because that they're not, in get, you know, they're passionate, they want to give this knowledge over, but sometimes it's just, it, it's that flip, isn't it? And it's kind of, being comfortable in relinquishing some of the power, which will probably feel uncomfortable the first few times you do it. But yeah. all of these things go to building relationships. No, I think there's some really, really fundamental points there. And, and Mark, much of most of our conversations, we can go on for hours and hours and we've yeah. not gone off topic, but we can kind of talk around the house and some really, really great points. I think what I'm keen to explore here a little bit as well is, from your experience, what does the research say around relationships? And whether that's from a sports coaching perspective or a teaching perspective, it's kind of, I think there's a lot of transferables there as well. But I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I think this is, um, it's something that within my journey, um, and I'm nowhere near kind of, you know, I'm a young 36 here, Johnny. I'm not having any, I'm a young 36. So I'm nowhere where I, where I want to be in, in you know, professionally. And, and, you know, I say that both in kind of, you know, my education career and my coaching career. Um, but I did, you know, when people start talking about kind of research informed practice. Yeah. And honestly, you, you know, education for me was always a vessel to, to be involved in sport. Yeah. That was, and I was like, well, you know, I don't need any of this other nonsense that you're talking about. I'm just, I'm a sports person. And, you know, over the, over kind of my education career, 
I, I am kind of, I've done a 360, well, not 360, be back in the same place, 180 turn. <laughs> but I really, I really value what research says and evidence that underpins yeah. it. And my own journey on that was completing a master's in performance coaching. And the reason that, at the University of Stirling, and the reason that I chose that one was, you know, it has obviously sports and sports coaching was, was kind of the, um, the connector for me as it were you know that yeah. that's kind of interested me but i also felt there was a lot of transferable skills in that into the education setting so you know within i, I, I said it before about buying i think one of the biggest things uh, and i've had a colleague at, at, at northumbria university who spoke to me a lot about this is as a as a teacher i always wanted sessions to be fun you know i always wanted sessions to be fun which would generate um you know, generate effective relationships and therefore, you know, you're promoting engagement. Students like you, they're more engaged, therefore they learn better. But but one of the, the, the real kind of cutting edge, you know, this research in the last kind of couple of years um, is, is the use of the word fulfillment instead of fun, which I just think is, it, it made me reflect, I take a step back and, and essentially in a, you know, it, my synopsis of it is, what is fun to you johnny might not be fun to me absolutely you know and how we how we interpret the word fun and you know let's say and i know that okay in a face-to-face -face world i would go in and have activity in sessions you know something as simple as moving around maybe some music on in the background yeah. to tap an activity you know high pace and i'm going and, and i think that's fun so i then think that this is great but there might be a couple of quieter learners that are really uncomfortable in that setting but if i gave them a moment to to do some individual critical thinking that that might be fun to them so it's a shift of the word fun to fulfillment because if you feel fulfilled and you um, get that sense of self-esteem from completing a task i am then more likely to enjoy it so it, it might be I, I don't think it's semantics on terminology i don't i think it's it's understanding fulfillment and i think that that is a key part of building relationships you know what are the expectations of your group you know what do they like what do they not like and how can they how can they kind of progress on with that no i think it's some really interesting points there and i think i'm, I'm going to ignore the the young 36 year old because you're a six foot eight scouser so i'll leave you alone on that one <laughs> but i think those other elements around fun and fulfillment and what we're trying to say here is lessons can be fun absolutely but that shouldn't be the centre point and focus, and, and I know I've been the same from my experience as a PGCE student, um, when the Scottish equivalent to the, to, to, sorry, the English equivalent to the Scottish TQFE, was, yeah, I lo had to have loads of great activities, loads of games, loads of actives, active learning and all these elements. That, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It could do, but just because they're active doesn't mean anything. You're absolutely right. And I think, yeah, fulfilment's a really interesting point to come across and, and to kind of draw back lessons to, and I guess, again, those or that point resonates with the, the knowing your learners and understanding again we can't know everything about our learners but we can have an idea and build that picture about our learners and then that encourages you as a as a lecturer or a teacher to provide learning experiences that hopefully provides learners with that fulfillment and i think i think it's really interesting you were talking about kind of uh, there's been a an enhanced focus on research and form practice, which is absolutely fantastic. And that's the purpose of this podcast, really, is to look at that, look at what that means in practice. And I think a challenge that we'll have currently within some of these topics is, there's research out there, but it's typically in the HE world. 
and obviously working in FE colleges, whilst we absolutely do deliver higher education programs, the HNCs, the HNDs, a big part of our core business is, is, is not our higher education students. These are learners who are used to being full-time face-to-face, just left school, and they're used to these relationships and they might not have those um, th- those skills or the independence or the autonomy to be reflective and, and kind of to really take ownership. So I think that's something we need to be mindful of there as well. And I think we're both keen to kind of see where the research goes with that over time because when looking at any generic research, absolutely agrees with that social emotional factors such as student relationships with teachers and peers impact learning you know that's across every bit of research you see and that one's from from Beck and luther derlach and osha and and many many others but i don't know if there's any more thoughts on that mark just 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 two points on on uh, the, that you've touched upon uh and again john you, you know i agree with i i agree with the points that you're saying that the the two things also that that made me think about it was you know emotional well-being and that's i did my thesis on that okay. uh, and again i did it in a sports setting but emotional well-being and you know the world that we're in now you know it, it positively particularly young people we're talking about mental health more and how that can how that can uh you know drastically impact young people but understanding you know the emotional well-being and being able just to i know i've said it a few times don't want to sound like a, but being comfortable in the uncomfortable because sometimes those conversations are, are challenging to have and i think if you've set kind of boundaries within within your practice that are professional and respectful that will pay dividends for you as a practitioner in the long run and and the the other point that you touched upon was just about you know research led for, for tutors and and where there are gaps in research you know hopefully if, if one person can listen to this and say you know what i'm in my college now and i've got a real i don't know sense of urgency in how we develop relationships in first year hnd students you know yeah. how do that they come from a range of different background you know it doesn't have to be um you know phd worthy but go and do some action research because i want to credit um a lady called nicola watchman who was the head of he at at newcastle college university center where i worked who who, she kind of nudged me along this journey and she did it in a really effective way where she built a relationship with me i I was a program leader at the time you know immersed in my sports world and she kind of uh, i went to her to request for funding to do something that i thought was really innovative it it was it within sports we hadn't really done it it was just an academic conference so we would get all final year students together to present a proposal for their dissertation and i wanted that i wanted it to be a conference feel because i wanted to challenge the learners i wanted to get a different facility i wanted to you know a little a little lunch for them i wanted to make it professional and she's like i'll support you in it but you're going to do some action research on it and, and on the back of that you're going to go and present at some conferences about the impact of this on the learners and i, I just i wasn't engaged johnny through going through that process and and having a really good mentor who gave me a nudge everything I do with with my learners now you know well what's the research behind that well how does that underpin it well what have you found on that well can you go so if there's anybody that thinks about you know there's a gap in their practice you know I guess the challenge would be go go and explore it you know go and explore it and and, and see what you can find no I think that's a really valid point Mark and there's some fantastic bits of work already going on in the Scottish sector that obviously you won't be aware of which is a nice plug actually now I hadn't planned to do this but I know um there's a network called the College's Action and Query Research Network, which are, are, are doing elements of this and, and trying to really focus on bits of action research or, or kind of 
more substantial research in the sector and really sharing this and promoting these elements. And this is quite a bit of work at CDN. I'll be looking to try and support and facilitate moving forward. You know, so I, I totally agree because right now there's no better time than to really explore what's going on. What can we learn from this? How can we move us forward there as well? And obviously at CDN as well, we've, we're developing a, a research centre where we'll be exploring elements of this, both um, from a teaching perspective and, and more broader within education. Uh, but no, I think it's really fantastic because I've been pushing the narrative that come this summer, hopefully we can think, well, what does the future look like? What can we take from this moving forward? Because we don't have to go back to how it was. Absolutely. You know, obviously pending vaccines and so on and so forth. Anyway, I've gone off top there very briefly, but I think it's a really, really fantastic point. And what I'm keen, Mark, I'm keen to really explore. We've talked a lot about ideas, research, connections, connectors. We've touched upon emotional uh, well-being, emotional resilience. I, I guess the key, but I'm, I'm keen to explore now is, is how do people do this? You know, people like answers, teachers like answers. And I think I'm keen to pick your thoughts on on kind of what have you seen done well. I can share some as well. And I guess some ideas for listeners to really consider or actually to think, actually, I'm doing the right thing. I'm already doing these things fantastic. That's our reassurance there as well. So I guess from your perspective, Mark, whether it be from a teacher to a student or even just across colleagues or managers, colleagues you touched upon some earlier, what are the other bits that you think actually some great practice or some good ideas that people can do right now? Yeah, yeah, and, and you're right. Teachers want tangible things, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and to, to your point, you know, necessity is the father of innovation. I know that's another, it's another, it's another quote, but we're right. So, you know, right now we, we've had to change and hopefully we have some learning from this online world yes. that we're able to, to once we get back to some normality, but we're able to take the best parts from it. So what I, I wasn't, you know, Johnny, when you sent me through the plan, I wasn't going to mention this, but based on our dialogue there, I've got a really experienced member of staff on the team that, that I manage. Um, and within his online delivery, he, he he teaches across level four, level five, level six. We'd had a few discussions about, with the, with, you know, because we wanted to talk about teaching and learning. So in our, in our staff meetings, we'd spoke a little bit about um, what did we feel was the most effective way with online delivery. And, you know, was it synchronous where he's live for 90 minutes? Was it asynchronous, you know, which was a mix of, I don't know, reading, pre-recorded materials, um maybe like you know a youtube video but a high quality youtube video because you have to spend some time in filtering through filtering through them and and what he did he did six weeks of delivery where he'd done a mix and he was very purposeful on articulating to the learners listen this is a synchronous session this is an asynchronous session and he, he he'd really probably done an equal spit uh, an equal split should i say and was reflective in his practice and got a sample across each level across all of his practice and i think he got about 90 to 100 responses just through like a microsoft wow. forms and his learners had said to him you know there's benefits in both and it was about the art of, the, of of him as the teacher there looking at his delivery plan over six weeks and saying well actually this topic I, I need to be present to do some responses so if i do 15 minutes of input online which we all know at times, you know, you probably feel like you're on an island talking into the abyss Absolutely. for 15 minutes. It can feel a little bit lonely, but then I need to give them some time to process it and to be there to respond to some questions. However, this topic and this theory really can be a it's it's a lot of recall from the previous year. You know, it might be anatomy and physiology, for example, where there's a lot of matter yeah, crossover. Exactly. So I, I thought that he I was really 
I don't want to say proud of him, um, but I, I was really pleased at his approach to kind of, you know, I'm going to figure out what I've taken, what I think has been successful. Um, I think the, the other things that I take a step back is I would say less is more, Johnny. And we touched upon it before about, you know, in face to face or I've got loads of activity going on. Therefore, learning's happened. But, well, no, it hasn't. And I think the principles of teaching and learning, they, they do stay the same. But the biggest thing that teachers have to be comfortable with online is the adjustment in pace. You know, I think that you have to be comfortable in understanding that the pace is generally going to be slower. Yes. Now, you know, slower is not that's not got a negative connotation. If there's a live session, uh, there's another member of staff who really strong with questioning online and, and really answering, asking a question that was clear because sometimes our questioning I know I've been guilty of the past where I, I, I know what the question is in my head, but I'll go around and, you know, the world to ask the question as opposed to just asking yeah. it dead concise way. But then being comfortable where in class you might pause for five to ten seconds. It literally just, guys, you know the rules here. It's an open forum. I've asked a question, please. And I, I was observing the session and there's about a 20 to 25 second lag. And that might not sound a lot, mate, but you, well, it feels uh, a long time when you're by yourself talking to a wall. Absolutely. And because he built these routines with the learners in his online delivery since March, yep. he he got the responses and it was a level six session in which he was then able to probe further and bat the questions off to each other. So I just think I think the principle generally of sorry, Johnny, I think nope, the that's fine. generally of less is more in yeah. terms of you know what what are we trying to uh, achieve in this section and it uh, and i think that teachers you always have to ask yourself that by the end of this 20 minute section in a session i want the learners to be able to conceptualize or apply this theory into their practice um so i think be comfortable with with a slower pace yeah be really purposeful in your planning in terms of okay I, i've got theory x that i want the learners to get what is the most effective way of doing it and don't be scared if the most effective way of doing that is teacher input if, yeah. if it's teacher input for 15 to 20 minutes i keep saying that because i think if you go past that 20 minutes you know my my experience is you, you're gonna you know get some disengagement but if it's just explain to them okay guys we're going to address this theory as you've seen on the on the module delivery plan I, I need you to stay with me for 15 20 minutes here however whatever you're you know use the raised hand function or type a question in the chat function and we will get there but at 15 minutes time i want you to be able to understand uh, i don't know uh, self-determination theory let's go and i think those elements there you know we've, we've kind of gone ever so slightly off tangent but i think they're really really purposeful because once you've then got these relationship with learners, it's really important that 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 and effective teaching goes hand in hand. You know, that allows you to do 15 minutes of live delivery if your learners have that relationship and know where it's going. And I think a really important point you mentioned earlier on was around feedback of 90 to 100 students. You know, we need to encourage that feedback and dialogue from students. But again, you only get effective feedback if you've got effective relationships and students have trust in everything that's going on there as well. You know, so I think there's some... I, I, and this is where you and I have said, I believe that everything I've said is not off topic because it underpins effective relationships no it does it does i'm just drawing people back our listeners back to the, the focus of relationships and how it absolutely links in i, I fully exactly. agree mark it's that first thing about you know trust is built through consistency and it's Correct. about being consistent with across everything and yeah. all of these underpin it and 
you ha- you know relationships develop organically you can't speed that process up yeah. so it happens over time and you have to you know understand that so but yeah no i totally agree and i think i'm kind of going to draw back to some of the key themes really that we've talked about because I, yeah i think what we've when we've talked now for the last 15 20 25 minutes there's been some fantastic bits of information there that really do draw it all together. There's no magic fix for a relationship. That That's a fundamental element. You know, I think I'm going to use yours, Mark, and I'm going to continue to use this. Having a connector is absolutely vital, you know, and, and it might not be the same connector for every learner, but that comes back to knowing your learners because then that's your connection, that's your hook, that's your spark, that's your engagement with them. And then your quieter learners, you'll know them and then you know how to draw them back in. And again, it's not easy, especially not easy in this current landscape where cameras might be off. You don't know what a learner is actually doing when they're in that room or when they're online. I think routines you talk about there, really vital. You know, have a presence, be authentic, but establish that routine. So you've got that perfect mix of boundaries, but also this is what we're doing, this is how we're going to do it. And that clear articulation within that example you just shared of, right, we're going to do this for 15 minutes. By the end, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do A, B and C fundamental yeah i think that being comfortable in the uncomfortable you know i'm going to use your catchphrases now links back to you know being authentic showing your face sharing your stories again in a professional capacity but look, yeah i've struggled with that too you know i've had a nightmare this morning working from home full-time internet's gone down all this that and the other that's mm-hmm. fine you know because we are people we are all human and again that's that authenticity something we haven't talked about but i think which is a given is that checking in with students frequently, mm-hmm. you know, whether that be, and I think there'll be some conflicting views on this, Mark, I'm not sure what yours are, but having access to, to Microsoft Teams or Google Meet or Canvas or, or other platforms are out there. It's fantastic because it's opened up connectivity with students across a, a range of different mediums, having the same breath, it does expose lecturers to being contacted 24-7. Yeah, so the the... The other word, and we keep talking about authenticity, which is critical. You, you know, you anybody who who thinks I need to, you know, portray this image or this person because that's what's required. People can see through it instantly, and learners, colleagues. So being authentic is is absolutely normal. And the other thing that apart of that is about honesty. Yeah. And and everyone says that you know nobody would openly say I'm I'm being dishonest. But when you're in a situation where you're working with people, there's emotions involved, and you have to deliver some frank news, you know, and be really candid. The best way of doing that is just being matter of fact to the yeah. point, no matter how difficult that can be, because time will expose it if you haven't been honest. And I think that's the same with learners. To, to the point, and it does link in to the point about this kind of 24-7 accessibility and, and, and being reflective and learning. You know, it, from, from March, we, we went to Teams overnight and the first six to eight weeks, you know, it, it was great. But like you say, it was different, particularly in, in, you know, I'm sure all learners, but in my world in HE where, you know, learners are probably working, you know, till the early hours of the night pulling pulling uh, all-nighters, et cetera. Yeah, and, family and, commitments as well and different different aspects there. Exactly, and thinking it, you know, and, and they might fire a message through to you on Teams. You know, I've tried to be going into this year with the with the blended model that we've had where we know that we're going to be, you know, before the lockdown, we were 50% online, 50% face-to-face, setting those expectations for relationships. And I've said to the staff now, you know, I, I want to empower you how you manage that within your practice 
I, I still teach. I, I teach a couple of modules within within my role and within my learners. I, I've explained to them, and I actually put posts in when I'm taking like holiday, the Christmas break. I've explained to them that I'm turning teams off. They feel free to message me, but just have the expectation that I'm going to get back to you at this point. And I've said the same thing to staff. Uh, you know, in the evenings, generally, I'll turn my teams off and I'll set my status away because. Uh, you know, I touched on it before about relationships, it, emotional well-being for everybody is really consistent. Yeah. And, and and our staff are going through a period of transition now as well, in which they're, they're, they're doing the same things. They're balancing home life. So the well-being of staff is the utmost importance to me. And I, I spoke to another member of staff of mine who she wasn't doing this. She, she, she was on teams till late at night. And I said to her just, you know, in, in a very professional, respectful way, you know, just explain to the learners, you can message me whatever time, because that's the time that you've got in your day where you're working. But just understand that, you know, this is my window to respond to you. And and she's, she's, she's done that. And she definitely feels like there's a benefit to her there to be able to have that emotional well-being. I've switched teams off. I've now, you know, going to go for a walk, a run, have some family time, whatever it may be. So I, I think that you have to, again, just be really consistent you know, and you have to set the parameters of that relationship because difference of perception is is where is where issues lie, right? And it's something where I might just, well, well, why would you message me at one in the morning? Well, the reality is that person, that learner, could have a family, could be working, and, and they're literally, you know, one till two in the morning that they're, they're, they're trying to catch up because they're spinning plates. Whereas the teacher might read it and say, well, they're messing me at one in the morning. What's that about? Blah. So it's just, you've said it, and it's the phrase that... Um, when you know you and I worked together for a while, and obviously I moved institutions, and and you followed me because you couldn't get enough of me. But the, 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 about knowing your learners, I know everyone says that, and it, it's a really common expression. But I do feel, you know, I had that instilled by yourself and and, and the first organisation that we worked at. It's it's knowing your learners, knowing their circumstance, setting those clear guidelines for relationships. And the staff just have to then get into a routine of listen. I, I'm not going to respond at this time. You know, I'll pick this up when I can, and 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 likewise. And I think once you do that, again, it just promotes positivity and it helps develop those relationships. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think one thing that I've not acknowledged that was mentioned earlier on is lecturers and, and teachers actually delivering on what we say we're going to do. So we're very mindful that we don't set ourselves up to fail. And there's no cliche there, but we can only do so much. You know, we're human. We've got our challenges, our barriers, our childcare, our work, our commitments, our, our caring responsibilities. We're very mindful and respectful of that. And as Mark was alluding there, we've got to share that with our students, not the depth of detail, but those professional boundaries and expectations. And, and just got to be really honest with what we can and can't do. We're not superhuman. We're doing a fantastic um, thing at the minute to try and provide students with a great learning experience, but we can't do everything. And that's what we've got to be aware of as well. And the key bit is, much like we're talking about here, know your students, know your other staff as well. You know, because I think, again, one thing I've noticed with not being in the office with people is you miss out on that with other people. So I think it's really important to check in with other staff, with, with line managers, with colleagues as well. And, and just that, that touch base. I know, Mark, you've done that daily with your team, quick conversations, and there's nothing more important than that. And that's something I haven't really shared within this, but that that should be kind of first and foremost is, is, is keep in touch with people. Yeah. You know, I mean, a, a quick text, a quick message, a quick call, pick the phone up or, or whatever that may be. Because that's, that's fundamental to our own well-being and the well-being of our colleagues. 
there's, there's something that you know in our world where our business is people you yep. know we're not we're not plumbers living this where where your, your business is going to work you know in, in a drainage system you know like our business is people you know and, and we have to understand that that independence everything and i think i you know my experience working with a range of fantastic colleagues they they be by the nature of teaching and learning they care they care about what they do and they do care about the students and sometimes that's where the issues lie where, where staff don't see that because they want to do everything johnny I, i've learned this in, in in you know i guess a like a middle management role within my current position where I'll have a you know consistent one to ones, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll do that for you. I'll do that for you. I'll do that for you. And then I take a step back in the day, and I go, I, I actually physically can't. Yes. And I haven't. You know, it goes back to that honesty that was said before, and that's my reflection where you want to do it. And I know people listen to this. Same thing with learners. You know, you want to do it. You want to be everything, but sometimes it becomes counterproductive because you take away that autonomy you take away that resilience and it's just it, it, it's a fine balance that can't be quantified you, you have to be able to kind of um uh, you know do it yourself uh, and we've spoke i mean even team meetings now on on a uh, we have a, a dedicated slot on a wednesday you know from three till five uh, it, the power of like connectivity and and, yeah. and that's not cheesy and that's not a cliche i believe in that you know yesterday i worked from home and uh, you know i had a, a lot of stuff going on three o'clock I, I see the staff and it's generally how are you and 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 they'll take the mick out of me now because i'll push them further a little bit on it and like yeah. you know how's your day been what's going on and it, you know not just surface level what's going on it's generally like having you know and that's my coping strategy i i feel stress and pressure like everybody else and some of my coping strategy is being able to articulate that with with colleagues yeah. so I, I think you're on the money with that point so so valid no i think that's fantastic and i think yeah there's been a lot of a lot of really pertinent points here and, and you know for listeners really it's an opportunity for reflection and as i said earlier on if you're doing these things fantastic and hopefully there might be a couple of bits that mark said in particular you think actually yeah i'm going to do that or that's an interesting perspective because again mark hates me for this my most famous or most uh, commonly used word is perspective and kind of looking at things through a different lens and again for for books for people who want to read rebel ideas in particular is all about that it's about looking at, at something through the lens of somebody else and i think that's that's a really key, key point to, to kind of make reference to so mark i think we've, we've talked a lot then and i can keen to bring this to a close and i think yeah just to summarize some of the key points really for for, for listeners to take away is you know have that connector you know and, and don't take our, our relationships for granted and, and kind of really work at them you know, we touched upon this earlier on, but kind of having a presence, having establishing routine, being authentic, being comfortable in the uncomfortable, that's okay. It's like the message around mental health. It's okay not to be okay. You know, talk and really share about that. You know, and, and another cliche is a kind of problem shared is a problem halved. All these things in, in relation to both well-being as well as teaching practice, well, that's fine. And again, that's the same with students. And build that timing with your students for that connection to understand how they are and for that depth of learning that depth of relationship and, and, and any other additional points that you want to kind of make reference to mark there as well i know you have this is the last one uh, and i just this this is my reflections and my learnings from from march okay both educationally and in my vocation in, in coaching yeah 
I feel that in the world that we're in, this digital age with how accessible information is, this podcast, yeah. uh, you know, I'll have to go to kind of some coaching examples where I could I could find 300 clinics now that, that could teach me something tactically from yeah. 300 yeah. different perspectives. The, the, the most relevant point for me, I was talking to a colleague at Northumbria and I was discussing this point about um, there's been some significant uh, positives from our, our switch to a remote world that there has been some negatives. And, and I think, you know, some the stuff that we've said here, hopefully it's from a perspective to enable and, and, and um, I guess, reaffirm and, and yep. you know, somebody is you know, listening to this, what, I don't know why they're on the exercise bike or doing something. I, I, I wanted to shift away from the word takeaways. And I said this to a colleague, I wish this was mine. I'm not smart enough for this to be mine because I, I was articulating it, what my frustration was with uh, the example I was giving was like younger coaches. If I'm a younger coach and I go online now and I read 300 clinics and I, sorry, I, I observe 300 clinics and everyone's saying about what's your takeaway? What's your takeaway? It has to be applicable in your context. Yeah. And the principle of less is more is everything. So the, the, the thing that I'm bringing that back to point with this is if there's been one element that isn't a takeaway, he, he used the term, well, what is a take? A takeaway is a quick fix. Absolutely. Nourishment is the term that he used. And I wish it was mine. I wish it was mine because I was trying to explain to him where, well, well, I've got 10 takeaways now that are fresh in my mind. I'm going to go and put into my practice tomorrow. Well, that might not be what's beneficial. The art of it is you've been able to conceptualize and, and process what is in what is important for us. And therefore, I'm going to put that into my practice, which is nourishment it that that's like that's like your better food so he he i wish it was mine we we're having a conversation and he said to me his observe you know he'd observed uh, a lot now with this culture of this is what i've done therefore it's right I, i'm not saying that's the case across the board what i'm saying is you know if i'm out there and i'm struggling and and i need some support i need to know what i need some support in and it could just be structuring an online session you know, it could be something as simple as that. It could be, okay, we're building relationships from this one. How do I do that? Okay, well, I connect, you know, that might be one nourishment that somebody Absolutely. takes from today. So no, it's, a, it's a really valid point because, yeah, take away, it's a quick fix. You get to deliver it to your door. It's done 10 minutes later. Yeah. You feel better or worse for it. But the nourishment element, yeah, it's a really, really interesting kind of point to close on, Mark. So I'm not going to lie. I'm going to nick that now and use that in future as well. That's kind of what, <laughs> what's your... It's about magpie. That's what it's about. Oh, it is. Look, no offence and taking somebody else's ideas here. But no more. It's been really, really interesting. You know, really key points. And you're right there. Look, we've talked for a lot. Of, we've gone around the houses, and that's not a criticism because a lot of these interlink. And I think there's a really valid point from Mark there is to kind of think about which aspects here can be your nourishment within your within your practice moving forward. So, Mark, thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. It's some really, really great points. Thanks, Johnny. Keep it the good work. Thanks. Appreciate it.